0: So on the topic of savoring things, uh, the first thing, and this is kind of hokey, it's true, but it came up, like I was saying, like, God, show me the things you, uh, you know, and and uh, the first thing that came to mind, it was truly like, it's a blessing um, to be able to um, have the Bible and to be able to have conversations about it, to take, passages and to get to talk about it for a half an hour like and and i was like man that's really cool you know and i was just thinking about the honor that the church has to have this text that's been passed down from generation to generation 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 and here we are we get to we get to talk about it Um, So I feel really blessed. Um, So if you have your Bibles, um, turn them to the book of Ruth chapter 2, or not chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 22. Um, and if I get caught up, please help me out because it's awkward for us both. So let's just you know, set that precedent out early. Um, so, so, uh, the, um, so the book of chapter 1, verses 22. Um, so here they are up on the screen. Help me out here and let's just say this together. So Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth, a Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the beginning of the barley harvest was beginning. As barley harvest was beginning. Um, and and, and talking, about, talking about the idea of savoring, that the, 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 there begs the question, how could someone savor that passage? Because there's absolutely nothing Nothing in it, like of value at all. Like that's like a passage that someone would typically say, "Man, let's skip to chapter two right now," um, because verse twenty-two talks about the barley harvest, and who actually cares about the b- barley harvest? Nobody, right? And so, um, so today's passage begins here. Our church is doing a conversation about the book of. Of Ruth, because th- th- there's this theme in this book. This Hebraic theme that's called Hasset. and Hasad is this type of of just just crazy love and pursuit and commitment um, that just goes beyond the typical idea of God's. Love love or how people connect to each other. It's called Hesed. And Hased is all over this book. And there's a ton of other things all over this book that I'm just dying to connect the dots to. And so I'm going to tell you early, this whole conversation, it's like connect the dots all over the place. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. He had that Connect the Dots thing, and he would sing the song. This is like singing the song on Pee Wee's Playhouse, Connect the Dots. And so, so so if you have a piece of paper and a pen, pay attention. I'm going to toss out tons of things. I don't promise to explain half of them, But it would be so fun to go home and be like, "Oh, there's value here, and there's value here, and there's value here, there's value here, because there's a lot of really good stuff in here to turn your hearts towards God." And instead, tell me what this means. What does this mean? What does this mean? Um, Our church has this church culture that that I love. Of it's all about encountering God, and then then. Then saying to God, "How do I respond to you? Tell me what to do." And 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 it's it's whenever you encounter God, you're inspired to do something about it. And so our services are built like that. It's it's to hear God, experience God, and then re- then you respond to Him. You respond, respond, respond. And and that isn't this brand new. I. Like this is like a very ancient idea. Like God isn't just something that you encounter or someone that you come into his presence and say, I'm glad that's happened. It's God and and who he is. It's impossible to encounter him and stay the same there's there's change that happens there's there's something that that happens with inside of us that inspires us to do things differently or you know in our church context it's it's experiencing God that causes us to have a desire to sing I am not a singer but sometimes if I'm inspired by God if I encounter God I am inspired to sing Um, there are tons of things here in our church that you're able to do after you encounter God. In the Hebrew culture, they did the same thing. So every time God showed up, they would all like say, whoa, God showed up here. Something big just happened. And then they build a feast or a festival on that same day that God showed up, expecting, because God is a God of order, that he's going to show up again on that same day and almost do the same things. So, like, for instance, um, there was the feast of Passover, okay? It's fired by the time that God sent the angel of death and killed a whole bunch of people, that isn't a positive thing uh, but the symbol of passover is the image of the blood on the doorpost because it kept the Hebrew people safe from the angel of death as they so as the angel passed their homes then for every festival or feast you have the st- 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 story that inspired the Hebrews uh, festival, hence the, the story of Passover, the angel of death coming over Egypt. And then they have a, a parallel s- story of something that happened on the same day in the future. So instance, f- f- for the feast of Passover, the s- story that they tell typically isn't the story of Passover, it's the story of Jericho. Whenever God came in and cleaned out the city of Jericho and gave the promised land over to the Hebrew children. Um, and then from that story also, there's a couple characters, a couple of key characters from the story of Jericho that you get from this feast day that are often told. Um, there's a pr- prostitute who, who came from the city of Jericho who actually became a pretty important person. Her name is... Rahab, right? Um, She was saved. She had faith in God and she threw out this crimson cord and said, save me, don't kill me, and she was saved. Um, And and so her story is told during the feast of Passover. This is important because she is the iconic person that symbolizes the Hebrew people who were pulled out of Egypt, right? We're connecting some dots here. Um, Then Fifty days following the feast of Passover, you have the feast of Pentecost. Hence, "Penta" means fifty, and "cost" means days. Fifty days, Pentecost. It's a Hebrew festival. Um, <laughs> Acts chapter two. Yeah. Anyway, so um, um so. Fifty days following the feast of Passover, he had the feast of Pentecost. And Pentecost, it's celebrating whenever God had been on Sinai and then he gave Moses um, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so Moses comes down from the... Mountain, and then it's like this big celebration. It's like God claiming his people saying, here's my heart. This happens 50 days after Passover happened. You know, Passover in the mountains and then Sinai and God and the Torah is given. Inside the Torah, there are 613 promises of God to the Hebrew people. The Hebrew people created this promise Prayer Shaw um, that that has 613 cords that come from it. So on the Feast of Pentecost or 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 Shavuot or First Fruits, they the, the people they have their prayer shawls and they hold on to these cords and they pray the promises of God on the Feast of Shavuot, Pas- uh, Pentecost or First Fruits. This is important. The term for prayer shaw, it is tallit. And poetically speaking, any time that you see in the old testament the poetry of like the the the, the, the eagle that soars or coming under the protection of God's wings, it's talking about a prayer shaw, a tallit. Um, It's something you come under, these promises, these commands. And so I'm just painting these things. It's all over the book of Psalms, correct? It's really prevalent and all over the place. And so, so anyway, the important thing to go over here is, so this culture of they encounter God, they respond to God. They encounter God, they respond to God. And they expect God to show up. And they tell the story of how God did things. We have the story of Passover and Jericho. And then you have this story of Pentecost and, and, and the Torah coming down from Sinai and in the heart of God for his people and them praying his promises and all these things, right? Like this is what defines the Hebrew people. And there are specific days that these happen in. Shavuot, first fruits, and Pentecost begin during the barley harvest. That's my intro. All right, so that's why this point is important. So this chapter begins during the barley harvest, first fruits, Pentecost, Shavuot, right? This is also important because this book began during a time of famine, right? Chapter one is all about famine. Famine. Abimelech takes Naomi and his sons, and they go to a place called Moab during a time of, fam- of famine. And then here comes Naomi and Ruth during a time of harvest. The book is changing. The story is shifting. Something is happening and it will be different. Furthermore, it's the feast of first fruits. It's the feast of Pentecost. It's things are happening spiritually also. Okay. So chapter two begins. Here it is. Hi, so, so everybody. Help me out here. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Okay, let's just stop right there. So here, here in this chapter is the first time that, that you've heard of a character whose name is Boaz. Who is Boaz from this passage? He has property. He has territory. And furthermore, he's of the, the Clan of Elimelech, El- and being someone with a speech impediment, that's really hard to say. So, <laughs> grace on this, grace. Um, so, um, it's, so he's he's family, right? Um, it, it, and so, chapter two begins by saying that. But also, who is he? There's um, so in the Gospel of M- of M- Matthew, it says that his parents are. R- Rahab and Salmon. Who are they? Do you remember I just got done saying, talking about the story of Jericho and the prostitute who was saved from the tumbling down of Jericho. That's her, Rahab. And then her husband is Salman, who was the spy who, who did, yeah, the spy who had gone into Jericho, who met her, and then she hid. Yada, yada, yada. So, the two of them, after Jericho fell, they got married and had, you know, and things happened. And so, and so, Boaz. Here he is. He is the son of a prostitute and the son of a spy. He is the son of the city of Jericho that had fallen. And. I mean, like, and and what's so cool is he has land, he has territory, and like, he is a part of family. Hebrew, family, and he's well-respected. This is awesome, okay? So, origins, Jericho. Hebrew, yes. Property owner, beautiful. And he's of the family of Naomi, Perfect. Okay, the passage continues on. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. She said, so she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters all right so chapter two begins by talking about boaz and then there's this hard shift that's not talking about boaz at all like it's like hey there's this guy whose name is boaz so anyway <laughs> like it's just like this hard shift happens the, the author of this book is brilliant and and they foreshadow a lot they're like tossing you out things that you have to understand before this comes along so you understand the whole story. So put Boaz in your back pocket temporarily. So now here you are, there's a conversation happening between Naomi and Ruth. And and she says, hey, I'm going to go out into a field and glean the barley behind people I find favor of. All right I'm going to talk to you guys just a bit about the context of this thing called Paea um, so paella is like the the equaling of the Hebrew economy it's like God's plan for people that are foreigners for God's plan for people that are poor um, God's plan for people who 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 he adores and that's pretty much everyone and so paella is this idea that from the beginning of the origins of people, that the things that people have aren't balanced out. There are people that have a ton of things, and there are people that don't have that quantity. That There are the haves, and then there are the haves and nots, right? We've heard that tons of times. And so paella is this idea, that during the festival of first fruits, everyone is fed. Um, it's the first harvest. And if you are poor, if you're a foreigner, if you do not have property, if you don't have anything, you are entitled by God's plan to harvest the harvest from the corners of anyone's fields also t- to hike behind the harvesters of the people harvesting the field and pick up the things that they don't pick up also to if if by the end of a 12-hour day Day, if there are bundles, bundles of food in the field that the harvesters could not carry out, those harvesters can't go back to pick them up, that they are the property of the poor, right? Okay, so, so by God's command, p- people who are farmers and in the agricultural community cannot harvest the corners of their f- fields, Because it's the property of the poor. It's theirs. Also, they cannot go and harvest and then turn back to pick something up. It's the property of the poor. Furthermore, if they can't carry it out at the end of the day, by the time the sun goes down, it's the property of the poor. And by this, everyone gets fed. Here's this person who is a Moabite. And for those of you who have not been here, what is a Moabite? Um, she is someone um, who, who comes from Moab. And Moab, that actually, uh, the term comes from... Uh, 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 so all of you actually don't have a clue of the place I'm going so you can't help me out. It means uh, uh, of his father because the Moabites come from the city of Sodom. Um, so that they are the descendants of Lot and his a- oldest daughter because they all thought the human population had all been Gone, and so they also had a baby, a father and a daughter, and they had Moab, and that's how it began. So the Hebrew people hated the Moabites because they had been disgusting, right? That's what defined them. They carried that name. And in the book of Ezra, the Hebrew people were forbidden. To associate themselves with anyone who is a Moabite because of this. However, the Moabites could come into Hebrew territory only if they said, I am done being a Moabite, I will not follow the Moabite gods, I renounce everything that there is about Moab, blah, 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 blah. Then they're able to do it. And so that's the history of this place that our head character here comes from. She is a Moabite, but she's not just any Moabite. She is the granddaughter of the king of the Moabites. So she had status. And all of a sudden, she's here following this Hebrew person to Bethlehem. She gave it all up to go in and participate in the festival of first fruits to be in this field she had a lot that she sacrificed a lot of hasad is happening here for her heart for naomi and for her to find herself in bethlehem so she is Practicing this idea of Paea. She knows that she is entitled to it, that that is her property. And so she goes to balance things out, to feed Naomi and herself. And so, in this, in this idea of the g- gleaning of the fields, is God's heart for all people—that everyone has enough, that there is a plan—and and the same thing happens today. A lot of the same proportions happen today. Like, for instance, so just to simplify things, that 10% of the people on today's planet has. N- 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 90% of the things that the earth has to offer. 10% has 90%. And that means if you flip it, that 90% only have 10% of the food. Do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't, I mean, if, if you could just think about that for a bit, how good, how, crazy that would be if only if only it's tiny proportion 10 percent of the people had all this huge quantity of things and then only that then you have this huge population of people that that only has 10 percent i mean like can you picture that for me i have a really hard time picturing uh,
1: excuse me sorry i'm gonna back up i'm a little blurry Sorry, KJ. Sorry for the interruption. Hey, man, you're doing an awesome job talking about what we're learning today. I, I, just, I just wanted to jump in and offer a visual representation of what you're talking about. So I'm going to try and help you here with this, okay? Okay, so KJ is, is making the point right now that 90% of the world's food resources goes to 10% of the population. And that's a staggering fact, but it's more staggering to actually see what it looks like physically. So um, I've got some people here from the Christ Community staff. Uh, Christ Community staff, say hello. Say hello. hello. So, what we're going to do is divvy out some food that's seasonal. Jenny, tell them what, what we're going to be handing out today. Thanksgiving dinner. Mm, why don't we start with green beans? Green beans. Got to have green Let's beans. Everybody, we've got 10 servings of green beans. Just give you those. Very good. Doing, doing great. You guys do. Hey, you know what I like? Hmm. Cranberries. Those are good. They're very good. Very They're sweet. sweet. Did we know? You left a couple of green beans down here. these green beans. No here, I'll just, I'll, to do I'll there? Put uh, Molly, you're dropping all of your resources. Can you be a better, you know, better steward of those? Thank so. you. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, well, you definitely, right you gotta have stuffing. Gotta have, stuff. gotta have gotta gotta stuffing. Have gotta stuffing. have stuffing, right? <laughs> Give them <laughs> stuffing right there. Right. Help you out there. Okay. There we go. All right. Yams! Right, we had cranberry sauce. Much okay. better than yams It's like the marshmallows and all the goodies. It's gonna be amazing. Alright, so enjoy. Oh. There you go. Okay, <laughs> got some yams. You guys look hungry. They're still going. Okay. Alright. Alright, potatoes. The potatoes. Gotta have potatoes. We gotta have potatoes. Well, right? Okay, here we go. Do mm. you want red or gold? Red. Just so one of each. No. Potato right. Here. Mashed potatoes and mashed <laughs> <And> potatoes <gravy. laughs> and gravy, right? We gotta get some gravy. Right. There, we had a we had a That's gravy it. rupture. Don't forget the rolls. You we gotta, gotta sop that all up. The rolls are part of the rules. <laughs> You Can you, you lift morals? your arm a little? Yeah, we'll that would one. be super They're helpful. Good. More rolls. here we go. She's here, here. That's good. That's good. And they got, um, I think we're missing kind of the crown jewel of the Thanksgiving dinner, which is the turkey. Okay. All right, well. <sighs> Molly, for crying out loud. Come on. <laughs> you have one job. You have one job! Gotta have that pie. Oh, right here. Okay. Nothing else, okay. okay? Oh, like that. You <laughs> All right. So this is this is what it looks like when 90% of the food resources goes to 10% of the population. It is stark. It is it's it's outrageous. It's terrible. Terrific. And sometimes we need to see it to understand it. So, KJ, I hope that helps. Um, back to you, man.
0: So paella it isn't all about shame you know for for that like 10 percent you know it's super easy to feel shame and guilt like oh my gosh i'm really disgusting but paella it's it's a celebration of first fruits for the people who have it and also the people that are going to get it and that's the place that this passage goes here it is check it out as it turns out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the Klein of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. So, so she is there in this field. Field, right? And this, it's this harvest of first fruits. There's a lot of things happening, and and there are all these poor people, there's all the foreigners, and they're out in this guy's field, right? And then the owner of the field comes out into his field. If I had a field and there were people in it that don't belong there, and they're taking all of my food. I have a problem with that, not Boaz, because it is the festival of first fruits. This is the barley harvest. This is a good day when everyone proclaims, the cupboards are full and everyone has enough. And Boaz comes out and he greets everyone and he says, the Lord be with you. And they said, the Lord bless you. Like, can you picture this moment right now, you know, like, like this is celebrating the idea that God cares for everyone, right? And you you also start to see this idea of Boaz's heart. He is participating in what God is doing and what God has done and what God is going to do. He is inspired by the situation, and he is going out into his fields as people are harvesting, and he's blessing people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. Like, this seems like Christmas morning to me, except it's not. Anyway, so then the passage continues. Here it is. Wait, are we? Yeah, The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for the short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and go away from here. Stay here and work with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and wherever you are thir- whenever you are thirsty, go and drink the water from the jars the men have filled. Um, so he comes out here in to this field, and then he asks his servants, "Who is she?" And he points at. Ruth and his servant says, she is the Moabite woman. Just a tiny little thing. She didn't say she is a Moabite woman. She is the Moabite woman. By this time, everyone knows who she is. Her story is famous. Right, She's the Moabite who gave up everything to follow Naomi and take care of her here. And then Boaz turns to her and says, don't go to all the other fields. Stay here and keep gleaning here. I will protect you. I will give you as much as you want. She can eat my food. You can drink from that. Like, like there is blessing upon you. Don't go anywhere. Why? And that's the question she asks. Here it is. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and your mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly be rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge." Okay, so she falls on her face. Why are you being so kind to me? And Boaz says, because I've heard your story. I've heard about all the things you have done. Okay, I just want to just say this really quickly. All the stories that, that I've heard up to this point about Boaz. It's like he's up here and he's this really powerful person. And then here's... here's You guys aren't helping. Ruth down here, she's poor, blah, 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 blah. But that's not how this story goes. Here is this woman who is persistent. She's taking care of her mother-in-law. She's owning it. She's grabbing the bull by the horn. She's in the field. She has integrity and she's going for it. And Boaz is coming out into his field and saying, who's that? And his servant says, that's the Moabite. Like, that's her. And he's like, don't go anywhere else right like he is honored to have her in his field right he's like don't go anywhere else stay here i'll protect you and then she says why are you doing this because i know your story i know what you did you you gave up everything you had you gave up your title your status your family your mother and you have sought refuge under the wings of the Lord. Did you see how his blessing ends? He says, may the Lord repay you for taking refuge in his wings. So for a Moabite woman during the feast of Pentecost, first fruit, shavot to be under the wings of the Lord. Prayer shall remember it's- 316 13 promises. And she's praying into them, saying, I own these things. He promises me these things. And he's out, and she's out in a field gleaning, saying, You promise me I will be fed. First fruits. I've heard your story. I've seen what you've done. And it's because of that, you will be blessed. May God bless you and pay you back everything that you had to give up. Do you see what is happening for Boaz? He stared into her face and he heard her story and he was simply inspired. He was inspired. And if you get inspired by someone, you do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he stared into the face of of like true Hased. And like, Hebrew people talk about Hased, but this was Hased. And he knows what Hased is because it's crazy, it doesn't make sense, it's not practical, and it's real. And he's staring into it and he responds with generosity. He experiences something that God is doing and he responds in protection. He sees what God is doing. He hears the story, like this profound story that's very similar to his own. (laughs) And he wants to bless it. And he prays blessing over her. There is something so beautiful about how he calls out at the end, may the Lord repay you for everything that you have given up as you took, 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 refuge in his wings especially at this time do you know today for the feast of shavuot Shavuot, and and during the times of pentecost that the books that are proclaimed at the temple aren't the first five books of the bible it is the book of ruth that's what they proclaim the story of a a Moabite who heard the truths of God, and then she wrapped herself in it, responded to it, owned it, and then goes into a foreign territory and becomes the 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 inspirational icon of this is what it looks like to follow God. She like this was like. Sodom and Gomorrah, the daughter of that, putting on a prayer shawl and saying, You promised me. And then the whole Hebrew culture going, Yes, he did. And, and, and there's Boaz, who is the son of Jericho. You know, the only two cities that God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah, Jericho. Boom! I see what he's doing in you. May God bless it and may God repay you. You know, like, like Boaz sees something really sassy that God is doing and saying, "How do we respond to this?" Because whenever you see like something that God is doing, an inspiring story, or when you encounter Him or you hear a truth, you have to respond. You just can't stay the same. There's this culture about us and our church that says, how are you going to respond to that? It's just not about hearing things. It's boring. But when you hear the truths of God, so if you see someone come to Christ and you see them being baptized, how do you respond to that? You know, or or. When you hear songs being sung in community, it's not just about you singing your song. It's about them singing your song next to you. Does that inspire you? Because this is not all about you. It's all about us and God and his kingdom. And how do you respond to that? A million different directions for a million different people. That's what makes it a blessing to savor the word of the Lord because the response and the tastes and the flavors you get out of it can be something completely different every single time. And may you be blessed by it differently every single time. The question is, is how do you respond whenever you stare into the face of Hasid? How do you respond? Whenever you look into the face of Hasid, or when when you see Hasid, this crazy love, this, this idea of constant pursuit, what does it cause you to do? How do you respond? Because you have to respond. Think about all the people in the Old Testament and in the the Knew, who encountered Hasseh? There's a guy who built a boat because of said that saved the human population. There was a g- g- guy who went up against Pharaoh and saved fifty thousand s- slaves because of his head. There was a guy who saw said in the face; he went b- blind and he built the church. I mean, like like said causes people to do things. And so if you're not doing things, my question is, is have you actually seen Husset? I don't know. That's a good question to ask. Today, there is a billion different directions you can go. But my prayer is, is that you celebrate the things that God is doing and you respond to them. As it turns out, this is the season of Thanksgiving. It is a time to savor your blessings. And for those of us who are carrying all of our stuff, may you find joy in being people of blessing. May you be, find joy in proclaiming blessing over people. For some of us, some of us are finding ourselves in the other direction. May you find joy in experiencing the blessings of others and the blessings of God. But may you be a community who is experiencing not the first fruits, but the eternal fruits every day and experiencing what God is doing. And may you know, has said when it stares you in the face and to not be a, coward at this point in the story if boaz if he would not have said anything this story is over this book is closed it's done she remains out in the field season after season after season harvesting and the story is over but because boaz was inspired and he acted on it The two of them become iconic people in the story of the church. May you become iconic people in the story of the church. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your church. We thank you for the stories that you tell. God, we thank you for the people that you use Oh, Lord, we thank you for the things you are doing and you give us the opportunity to respond to you. God, thank you for being hardcore. We thank you for your church and the ability to participate in it. All right, so for those of you You who are planning on being baptized tonight, uh, please get up and head over that direction. Pastor Bruce will be over there to help you get situated. There are going to be people who are getting baptized tonight. Baptism is about the people who are being baptized, and it's about the people observing the baptism. These stories should inspire you. And it should bring you to a point of saying, how do I respond to that? Furthermore, the things that happen in community by the people that are sitting by you, but um, by the things happening all around you should bring you to a point of how do I respond to that? Um, there is singing, there there are there's the opportunity to, to be Prayed for, and and there are the opportunities to pray for others. Um, There's the offering boxes, you know, if you feel inclined to give, that's a response. Singing is a response, praying is a response. Respond. Don't be people who just sit. So, I want to invite you into a time of experiencing said. God, we thank you that you are here and that you are doing things. I'm getting baptized because I want to show people that I'm a
1: follower of Christ.
0: I'm getting baptized because I want to. God was my Savior and He sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. A year ago, my father had passed away um, and we had joined the uh, Alpha class, and we did the retreat and accepted the Holy Spirit. Um, as far as now, we're continuing. I'm continuing that journey. Um, I just want to show people I'm following Jesus, and I've accepted Him in my heart. I think I'm here just because I'm very proud to be a follower of Christ. Uh, I born in a Christ family, but I decide to take my own. My own way and I'm back and feel better then
1: this is the time to do it I want to show people my love in Jesus while loving Jesus and I want to show that he is my Savior I've been over two years clean now living in recovery um, he's my main focus every day. I get up and I know he's the one I walk with. He's the one that's giving me so many blessings. So it's time to give my all to him. I've been a Christian for a while now. I,
0: I guess you could consider myself a closeted Christian. Uh, I'm excited actually, uh, nervous what it all entails. Um, I've always tried to do good. I believe in the if you believe in Jesus and do good, but this is is my acknowledgement to him, that 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 he is my savior and I believe in him.
1: Into Jesus more with everything I do, and I want to follow Jesus with everything He does.
0: Uh, So yeah, I was baptized as a baby. Uh, My mom dedicated me, I guess, in a Lutheran church. Um, You know, right when a couple months after I was born. And uh, I really wanted to dedicate myself and make it my own choice. Like, okay, I know that I'm dying with my old self died with Christ, and now I'm raising again in Christ's uh, power as He conquers it.
1: Um. So I'm Fiona. Um, I'm a recovering addict. I want to recommit my commitment to Jesus Christ, my Savior, because without having God in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today, and I know that I never, ever have to be alone ever again. I want to follow Him because, well, because I trust Him. I want to be closer to Christ, and I feel like this is the next step in my journey as a believer. I want to... I want to do this for me and just show Jesus that I love him and I trust him. I want to show people that I believe in Jesus. Well, the reason I want to be baptized is I was living a life full of bondage and, you know, and chains and just full torment every day. It was just torture. And I gave my life to Christ about 30 days ago. And
0: I feel like I can breathe... (laughs) I can live, I can smile, I can laugh, I can, you know, enjoy life and it's just breathtaking. And I'm, I'm
1: just really happy in the path that I'm on. My father and I, uh, we were like oil and water growing up. And um, uh, growing up in the church and then having a conflict like that was really central into me going on
0: my own path in life. I'm a former Marine and also a, I later became a biologist and after uh, like all those adventures came from the catalyst of like my fracturing relationship with my father i'm doing this for me and also for my relationship with god and finally also to restore my relationship in full circle with my father and he'll be baptizing me today